Hey, Howard Jacobson here. Welcome to today's Plant Yourself podcast. A quick reminder, this podcast is free for everyone and supported by patrons. So if you would like to find out about becoming a patron of the show and helping us out, helping defray the cost, helping to spread the message, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. Thanks so much and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Howard Jacobson here with another South African lockdown episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. Today is day seven of the lockdown. It's Thursday, April 2nd. Um, in another universe, we are flying back to the United States, going to be landing in five or six hours, then catching a Delta flight from JFK back to RDU, where we pick up a lift and head home, but obviously not in this universe, not right now. Yesterday was a hard day for me. I started feeling very antsy about wanting to just be home, wanting this to be over, not thinking about what there is at home, not thinking about the restrictions and lockdowns there, not thinking about everyone crammed into the house, um, about the political instability and all the insanity, just thinking, just want my supply line to be short and manageable. Um, it didn't help that it rained most of yesterday, and maybe you can hear it's uh, it's morning here. It's about seven thirty, and uh, amidst all the the lovely bird sounds, there's also some patter of rain here. We are completely we're in a valley, completely surrounded by clouds, so. It's possible that it will rain all day as well. Um, normally not a problem for walking and hiking, but uh, I don't have that many clothes. And if they get all wet, um, they're going to be, you know, until they dry out on the sunny line. So uh, I'm trying to conserve conserve those. Um, which is not to comp- say that I'm complaining, but just acknowledging that yesterday felt very hard. It felt very... Uh, I felt very locked in for the first time, um, really starting to empathize with people who are literally locked in, like my sister and her husband and their um, place in New York City where they have not walked out the door uh, in almost a month now. We are not in that kind of lockdown, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter when the mind picks up on... Uh, on a constraint, on a situation, on a limitation, you know, it can ride it all the way through into the sunset. And what I think I was feeling, the underlying, or the not entirely underlying, but the, the mediating feeling from yesterday was I was bored. Like, okay, this is, this was like exciting in a way, like, oh my God, the world, you know, is collapsing and there's this pandemic, but you know, I'm, we're a little bit separated from it. Um, it was easy to just get caught up on all the drama on CNN, on what's going to happen on the South African lockdown. Like there was just stuff happening all the time. It was like a, you know, news junkies wet dream just to be on you know, CNN or refreshing the newspapers, the South African papers, the the American papers, the um, the opinion pieces that I read, and just like every hour there was like new stuff, and definitely that was playing with the the 
the circuits in my brain that just crave novelty, that I just get excited by anything new. And, you know, yesterday kind of felt like, okay, the the excitement felt like it wore off, which is, which it sounds as even as I'm saying it, like I'm, I'm terribly unsympathetic to the real suffering that's out there. And I certainly don't mean to be, I'm just describing my internal reality of my brain, which is like, you know, as a little kid, I remember watching on TV, like floods, uh, some other place, people on the roof and the helicopters and the boats. And I would think, boy, that looks exciting. That looks more exciting than my life. And of course, I know now that I never wanted any of that to happen, but there's still there's still this circuitry, and I don't know if you feel it too, or if it's uh, you know my own weird wiring, but that when like the crisis hit, there was there was something to occupy my mind that, like a slot machine just kept putting the money in, putting the news in, and my brain would just light up with you know cherries and dollar signs and in in the midst of of everything. And yesterday that kind of ground to a halt somehow, and I just felt bored. And I know from talking to people and from their social media posts that boredom is now a very common experience. I've seen memes where somebody writes, hey, it's not so bad in lockdown, uh, finding lots of things to do, just curious why one bag of rice has 11,352 grains and the other one has 11,471 you know, and I've seen people uh, dealing with the boredom by, um, you know, decorating their, their toilets with rolls of toilet paper for eyes. And, um, and of course, most of us uh, are dealing with our boredom by just over-consuming media. <laughs> All right, so if you have Netflix, you know, in a lot of countries, they're, they're slowing it down just because it's taking up so much of the country's bandwidth. But, you know, whether it's Netflix or YouTube or Amazon Prime or a, a smaller, more um, niche streaming service or Audible, uh, you know, we're, we're here without books. So everything we're getting to uh, entertain ourselves is, is, is digital. Uh, we've just been going through uh, the Netflix um, limited series Unorthodox and, and really being riveted and captivated by, by that. Um, my son has been watching the Tiger King. I haven't seen that yet. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a perfectly valid way to deal with, with boredom. Um, but I've been thinking about boredom and, and what it means and the problem with it and what, what it offers us. What kind of portal can boredom be for us? Um, so, like, what causes the boredom in the first place? And I think there's, you know, I came up with sort of three things. One is, you know, the obvious, like, there's nothing to do. If you're stuck inside your house and you don't have a job anymore, or you don't, you know, I can't go and run with Gary on the road, or go run with Gio in the park, or go to my Frisbee league, or go to martial arts, or go play music with Rafi, or... Like, go out and do the things that I normally do, the things that fill my life. Nothing to do is kind of an invitation to boredom. Like, okay. Like, I remember, you know, being a kid and a rainy day and no friends were around. And, like, that's the definition of boredom. And, like, I'd have to make sure, like, I didn't 
infect the household with my with my misery, or else you know it would be like, well, you're bored. I'll give you something to do, and that that something to do is typically worse than boredom. Um, another thing is like it doesn't have to be nothing to do, but just the same things. Like I think that's a lot of what I was feeling yesterday. So I can't leave the grounds. I can't go running up and down the road, going exploring. There's just the paths here, and I've walked them all. So there's no more surprises. And just sort of the same thing, no more novelty, no more surprise, can also lead to boredom. Even if the things that are here are really nice, which they are, these beautiful hiking trails with, with gorgeous vistas. And, you know, you can hear, you've been hearing the, this one bird, the and if I pause for a second, you'll hear lots more nature, I think. But that starts to fade into the background. I'm, uh, I'm not a naturalist. It doesn't naturally draw my attention. I have to um, put effort into being curious about the, the soundscape around me and what animals are making those sounds and what they look like and where they are. But you know, this the sameness of the days. You know, we have a very limited um, food pantry. We don't have uh, all of our flavors. We're running low on nutritional yeast. We're running low on bouillon cubes. We're uh, we're out of our favorite uh, herbed salt. <laughs> you know, so now things are literally becoming more the same. Uh, you know, just made a a, a split lentil soup last night that had not that many flavorings in it. And it was like, okay, this is kind of boring. Um, and another, you know, the, the more underlying uh, of boredom aspect from those two is that we get into an internal rut. Like everything could be the same, but I could still be seeing novelty and nuance in it. I'm just, I'm here at a in the veranda, covered veranda next to where the Wi-Fi is, and, and I'm sitting at a, uh, a wooden like, picnic table. And every inch of the wood is different from every other inch. And as I look, I see little scratches that I hadn't noticed before. I see ripples and buckling. I see areas where there were knots in the wood that have been smoothed out more or less. I can see that the rivets uh, or the screws going in are at sort of different angles and different heights. Uh, different amounts of uh, patina on them. Like there is a universe to explore in every square inch of my surroundings. But when I'm in an internal rut, everything just looks the same. Everything just looks unmoving. And I get bored. And I want something new to happen. And I want a new opportunity and a new door. And I want new people here. And new news and... like. Just anything. And that's, I think, contributed to the antsiness. And of course, I can you know, deal with the boredom by watching all the, the streaming shows that we've managed to, uh, to bring with us or, or you know, pull like, like teeth out of the internet from the, uh, from the, the AS, ADSL uh, internet service they have here. But ultimately... Like, boredom is a void that you can try to fill forever. And in this way, it's not that different from our regular lives. That 
we can still have, we can in our regular lives we still can experience an awful lot of boredom and we can fill it with all sorts of entertainment we can fill it with you know there's there's more good tv now than there was tv when i was a kid right we had uh, channels 2 4 5 7 9 11 and 13 and then you had that 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 weird little antenna that would give you the UHF channels where people were speaking in languages that I didn't speak and it was really grainy and if you didn't stand next to the TV and hold the antenna you'd lose it like there's more good stuff available now than there was total stuff when I was a kid I still haven't made it all the way through season six of the Americans I think I've got three episodes to go there and I've been I've been um hoarding them (laughs) um you know, watching one every three or four days. So there's there's an endless stream of media that can distract me from this underlying internal rut. And of course, we don't need that. Like, you know, if if, if nothing's happening and there's no demands on us, Another word for that could be at peace, like peaceful. Like we all, you know, you want to go on a vacation. People think of that vacation like, okay, I'm at the beach. I'm at my chair, at the, the, the beach chair. I've got a drink with an umbrella. I have no responsibilities. I don't have my phone or my laptop or my tablet with me. Nobody can reach me. Everything's handled. And I just get to just exist without demands on me in a comfortable environment. Like, that's what people want to do for vacation. So having nothing to do doesn't have to be boredom. It could be at peace. So what's the difference between at peace and bored? And I I would say, from my own experience, the difference is the underlying rumble of unfelt emotions and unfelt sensations And these are all residues of unresolved traumas, of not necessarily capital T traumas, you know, abuse, neglect, violent injury, accident, things like that, although there's plenty of that in in our society and in our psyches. But also the, the small t, lowercase t traumas that all of us, are, are, uh, are recovering from, all of us have experienced, whether it was the unkind word, whether it was the distant parent, whether it was a rejection, whether it was a physical mini-trauma, when I was, you know, nine years old, I was trying to catch a football and I ran into a telephone pole. Who knows what effect that has had on me? Um, I've had two trampoline accidents in my life. So all of us are, are heir to the, you know, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or unoutrageous fortune. And when we push those away, when we choose consciously or unconsciously not to feel them, they start to control us. They cycle 
and they they cause like this buzz or this hum like uh where we're staying now there's a a small refrigerator freezer and every so often it decides it needs to you know go into overdrive to cool off and like the whole place sort of hums and buzzes as the the compressor or whatever the thing is inside uh works extra hard and like after a while you don't notice it and after a while we we don't necessarily notice the disquiet of those unfelt emotions and those unexplored sensations and the thoughts that we want to relegate to the shadow, things in ourselves that we don't want to see or face and we certainly don't want others to see. And this is not a static process. This is an extremely dynamic process. It's almost like that... um, those exercises that they were telling us in the 70s, the uh, sort of isometrics, where you just sort of push your hands together as hard as you can, and it's like, you know, remember like, you know, we must, we must, we must increase the bust. And like, like that was going to, you know, help women grow bigger boobs or something. But just that feeling of just pushing, pushing, pushing with no motion. But it's not static. And when we don't, examine, don't feel, don't allow those streams of life to inform us and to express through us, then it's like we're doing psychological, emotional, spiritual isometrics. And it uses up a tremendous amount of energy. And all that energy, we have to apply more energy on top of it because it makes this buzz, this hum, that we can't stand. And so that buzz, that hum, is what we have to drown out with our lives, with our attention. And when we're stuck and we lose access to the resources that we have been using, that we have been leaning on, to keep all that outside of consciousness, then it starts bubbling up. It starts becoming very disquieting. And that's the feeling of boredom. It's not that nothing's happening, is that we fear that a volcano is getting ready to erupt inside us. That's boredom. The shamanic traditions often talk about something called soul loss. The idea that when a trauma occurs, and a trauma in this case is anything, any experience that we were unwilling to be fully present for. So there's lots of experiences that we have as kids where it would have killed us to be totally in the moment. It would have destroyed us. And so part of us shut down, dissociated, went into fold, a state of a vagus state of low energy, almost like feigning death. And we don't have as our in our culture any to any common tools any collective tools for dealing with that for bringing people back and so the shamanic traditions talk about like at that moment a part of your soul becomes lost to you you don't have access to it in therapeutic terms it's like you know you have repressed memories or inaccessible experiences uh, the jungian psychologists refer to this as the shadow the part that we don't want to see, that we can't see, the part that 
will not resolve on its own. And so the question is, if, if you're bored, if I'm bored in this moment, and we're starting to see it clearly, because our usual band, we've run out of our usual band-aids, and we're trying to apply new ones, and we have a moment, that's where the boredom can become a portal to something else, to something that can actually lead us into healing. And I want to make it clear that you want to be careful about doing this if you don't have therapeutic support, right? It's like, yeah, you can take off the Band-Aid, but for a lot of us, it's like removing a hand from the cut artery. You don't want to bleed out. You don't want to dive into this with bravado. So be careful as you approach the edges of your boredom and you start to sense the roiling beneath that you are gentle and that you explore with mindfulness and curiosity and self-compassion. This is not about performing an appendectomy on yourself without anesthesia. This is about saying yes to the invitation on, on your own terms. So I'm thinking there's, there's sort of three things that can, that can lead us from the boredom into the edges of those parts of our souls that we would like to reclaim. And one of them is simple, the simplest tool of all, the most universal, and that is breath. Feeling into the disquiet at whatever level. So let's say there's a hundred levels of inner turmoil from, from one being the mildest little tickle to a hundred being full-blown trauma, panic, PTSD, re-triggering, unbearable. Start at one. Start at two. Start at three. Begin to nibble at the edges of that disquiet and breathe through it. Focus on the breath. And notice at what level the intolerable the thing you've been running from, the thing you have been papering over with Netflix band-aids and with all the other distractions and addictions of our lives. See what is actually tolerable in there and keep breathing. The second is movement. And I don't just mean like running away from things or pounding things, but movement with attention, movement with mindfulness, because all of those sensations, thoughts, emotions, all of those traumas are in fact locked in the body. It's not like soul loss means that they've gone to some other place. They're still inside us acting out and they're stored in muscles. So you might find that certain movements, running in place, doing push-ups, punching a mattress, yoga, tai chi, it'll be, it'll be individual for each of us, can actually, movements can actually begin to soften and unlock some of those locked places. So explore and experiment. And the more mindful you are and the slower you move, the more discoveries there are. So this is not the same as working up a sweat, as getting your heart rate up, as building muscle. This is movement as a form of internal exploration, as a, uh, 
psychic diagnostic. And the third is simply to examine the edges of what is currently intolerable. So there might be conversations that you want to have and you have been avoiding maybe for months or years. There's areas in which you feel like you have diminished yourself to get along. Areas in which you have said no to your heart's desires because they're scary. Areas in which you keep yourself small so that you don't stand out and get pounded down. Those are also all tendrils into the depths of those soul losses. And simply breathing and examining them and thinking about them and playing out in your mind different scenarios for how you might begin to rectify those situations, how you might speak your truth, how you might live your passion, how you might express your life force without clamping it down like a kink in a hose. Boredom is a portal to all of these possibilities. It's a portal to profound healing, healing for you individually, healing for your family system, healing for your community. There's a a Harry Chapin song um, called I Wonder What Would Happen to This World. uh, Ah, what the hell? I'll give you a little rendition of it. Oh, well, I wonder, yes, I wonder what would happen, what would happen to this world. Well, I wonder what would happen to this world. Now, if a man tried to take his time on earth and prove before he died what one man's life could be worth, well, I wonder what would happen to this world. And it goes on from there. But that thought, like it's not just us that we're saving. If you tried to take your time on earth and prove before you died what your life could be worth, I wonder what would happen, not to you, not to your family, not to your community, but to the world. The world's in uh, shambles right now. Everything that we thought was true, everything that we thought was stable, everything that we thought was normal has been upended. And we get to create the new world. And... Here's the opportunity. Here is the invitation. Let's create it as full human beings with the life force fully activated and expressed within us, not kinked up because we're keeping down all these traumas, all these negative sensations, emotions, thoughts. Let's use this time almost like a a cocoon to dissolve ourselves, the imago, the, uh, the dissolved caterpillar before it turns into a butterfly is called an imago, I-M-A-G-O. So let's imagine what could happen to this world if we use this time to go inward and to begin to heal ourselves. And as we heal ourselves, we become safe spaces for others also to heal. So let's see the boredom, not just as a curse, 
but as a gift, as an invitation to this more beautiful world that we can imagine and then create with our hands, hearts, and souls. All right, quick reminder, the tip jar for Plant Yourself is open. You can drop things in. Just go to plantyourself.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. can help support the mission of the show as I broadcast daily from lockdown in South Africa. Also, I released a product yesterday that I hope will help lots of people. It's called Guided Relaxation Exercises for the Homebound and Stressed Out. It's, you know, five to 15-minute guided relaxations around things like breath work, around cravings, um, a body scan, an exercise, a guided exercise to help you sleep at night, um, progressive relaxation. I'm adding an audio or two every day to that, and it's pay what you can. So people have been getting it, people who have had uh, who had need but uh, do not have resources available have been getting it for $0. And people have also been paying $10, $20. Someone bought it for $365, which I, uh, I understand is a, a gift to me. So I really appreciate that as well. And you can find that at plantyourself.com slash unstress, U-N-S-T-R-E-S-S. And again, it's pay what you can. And so if what you can pay right now is nothing because you are financially struggling because of what the world is going through right now, then it makes me very happy to see people getting it for zero. And if you can help support my business, uh, then whatever feels right to you uh, feels right to me as well. So be well, everyone. Keep the comments coming. hj at plantyourself.com. Um, you can comment on the Facebook posts for this episode at facebook.com slash plantyourself or at the plantyourself.com website. So um, be well. Let me know what you think. If you have requests, anything you'd like me to talk about, let me know. And as always, be well, my friends. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Reidenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willreidenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Mr. Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jennifer Kinoski, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X. Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes of Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, hi Janet, Claire Adams, Tom Franzak, Jeanette Benham, Gillis, Sarah David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carl, Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Martha Bergner, Susan Ahmad, Nolly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Cobble, Julian Rodkins, Breed O'Connell. 
Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzinwa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Mirani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justin Divich, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Bacorny, Stephen Leenan, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Cartz, Dean Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Len, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parang Ganshi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, Danielle Roberts, and Michael Lushton for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for now. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>